Brooklyn, New York. I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a Vine Pair Podcast Conversation. We're bringing you these conversations between our regularly scheduled podcast episodes in order to give you a better picture of how the COVID-19 virus is impacting all parts of the business, as well as to help provide a bit of hope and a path forward for all of us. Today, I'm talking with E&J Gallo Winery Chief Marketing Officer, Stephanie Gallo. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me. Adam, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me, and thank you so much for what you're doing for the alcohol beverage community. I'm a huge fan of Vine Pair, and it's been fun watching to see how you are pivoting um, with these times. So thank you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, so first, how are you doing? Um, and what is it like to run basically the world's largest wine company from home? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, thank you for asking. You know, I will say this, that, um, that you know, we're all, we're all doing well. We're all um, we've all been extremely busy to adapt to the current situation. Um, and I'm just really proud of how we as an organization have been adapting um, across all aspects of our business to, to what we're calling um, the new normal. And, you know, it's fun to see the entrepreneurial spirit alive and well within, within our organization. So, you know, we're adapting our primary concern when um, with the global spread of COVID-19 will continue to be, um, you know, the primary focus really remains on the health and well-being of our employees, customers, business partners, and our communities. And that's where we're really spending our time right now. So I think a lot of people don't realize that Gallo not only is, the largest family-owned winery in in the world, but also one of the largest spirits producers. Um, and so, you know, in both of these sections of the alcohol beverage industry, your focus normally would be on both on-premise trade and off-premise trade. But for most of the country now, on-premise trade doesn't exist. So what has that looked like from a strategy perspective, from a business perspective, to move all of your focus to off-premise? And while you're doing that, how do you continue to also sort of somewhat give on-premise support? Because it's going to come back. It just isn't, you know, there now. Right. So Gallo's focus during this time really has been to operate with an extreme amount of flexibility, empathy, and compassion. And so um, we are continuing to support our retail partners. Uh, what we are noticing during this time is that what consumers are looking for are brands that they are familiar with. And so we are doing everything that we possibly can to do, continue to have, um, to continue to have our brands in stock uh, with our, with our retail partners from an on-premise standpoint, um, you know, we are, we are, being extremely empathetic and compassionate, and we are looking for creative ways to help our on-premise partners. So, for example, um, we piloted this program yesterday, and our on-premise team in Texas put together um, a webinar for our key customers in Texas to provide consultative um, a consultative approach in terms of how our on-premise partners can pivot into to-go, um, as well as curbside pickup. And we had over 300 independent operators in Texas attend the webinar. And based on the success of the pilot, we are now going to go ahead and uh, offer those webinars on a regional basis 
so that we can go ahead and assist our on-premise partners to find creative ways for them to stay into business. The other thing that I'm really proud about um, from a flexibility standpoint, and I know that many of your other guests have talked about it, is that we've really had a pivot um, our communications and what several of our brands have done is um, invested in cause marketing programs that help um, the restaurant community. So, for example, you know our Barefoot brand donated over three hundred thousand dollars to help children of restaurant employees, and um, Jimmy Kimmel was kind enough to um, to promote it on his um, on his broadcast from home show and our New Amsterdam vodka partner with Barstool Sports on a support your local bartender program t-shirt to raise money for bar- for the Bartenders Guild Foundation's relief campaign. And to date, we've sold over 4,800 t-shirts plus a $5 donation um, from New Amsterdam. And so we've raised over $100,000 so far. So you know, we're approaching it in many different ways, but I think that this framework of really challenging our organizations to behave in a flexible, empathetic, and compassionate manner has really proven to be extremely beneficial for, for, for everyone. Does this also change the way you engage with the consumer? So obviously we talked a little bit just now about how you're engaging on with both sides of the the sales channel, right? So for those who aren't familiar, right, on-premise would be people who would go and normally buy their wine or spirits at a restaurant or bar, and then off-premise being the the wine shop, the grocery store, the liquor store, et cetera. But has it also changed how you think about communications to these consumers now that they're only getting their beverage alcohol from from one channel? We've, we've had a pivot, right? And again, um, in the spirit of being flexible and entrepreneurial, um, we are engaging with consumers in different ways than we might not have three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we are, what we're doing is, you know, one of our, one of our goals as a marketing department is really saying, how can we help our consumers keep their glass half full during this time? So we're hosting virtual happy hours with winemakers, guided tastings. Um, one of our brands, Talbot, did a virtual wine club dinner, and we're planning other similar activities that offer a new way for people to connect with our wineries and our brands during this time. Um, the other thing that we're starting to do is uh, we've launched weekly supper series cooking demonstrations on Saturday and Sunday with our chefs from Martini as well as Jay Vineyards. And also, you know, it goes without saying that during this time, um, consumers are purchasing direct from us um, because they want their their wine, you know, delivered directly to them. So yeah, we are pivoting and we're finding creative ways to engage with our consumer during this time. So you brought up an interesting point at the end that I'm just curious for your expertise in. Um, do you think that one of the things that will come out of this is that more people will recognize the, I guess, the ease of e-commerce and that we'll see a fundamental behavioral shift following the virus where more people are purchasing wine and spirits and beer online? We hope so. Um, because, you know, one of the things that has been interesting, I was talking to one of our consumer insights professional about this, is that it takes 
six to eight weeks to form a new habit. And, you know, for us in California, I believe that we're now heading into week three of um, shelter in place. And what we are noticing is that new habits are starting to form, whether it's ordering your grocery online, whether it's ordering your um, your alcohol beverage online. You know, what we're hoping is that, you know, a new habit that we're starting to see is that, you know, people are sitting down and enjoying their wine <laughs> over dinners. And that's right. something that I think, you know, we have lost um, with in society with everyone being so busy. So, you know, we, we want to capitalize, um, on the habit shifts and we're, we're, we're monitoring it very, very closely. That's actually fascinating. I mean, we knew we've seen a lot of, in terms of consumer preferences and behaviors, people obviously trying to make fancier cocktails at home, also opening nicer bottles at home. But I, I hadn't thought about, which makes a lot of sense, that obviously people are now drinking more wine just with food than they normally do, right. um, which is which is really hopefully uh, long-lasting. So let's let's shift from what you're doing on the business side to what's actually happening on the production side, because I think that's really fascinating and you have a really amazing view of that. So what is happening right now in the distilleries, in the vineyards? Um, how are you adapting to shelter in place and still being able to, 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 you know, go along with providing the goods that you need to provide to the economy? Absolutely. So, um, you know, the federal government as well as the state government has said that, um, that wineries and distilleries need to remain open (laughs) and, you know, it's important for food and beverage manufacturers to continue production. So, you know, within um, the manufacturing side of our business, you know, it is business as usual. What we are doing, though, in terms of pivoting is that we are, you know, continuing to work to ensure that our teams, um, our production team members uh, feel safe. So we're practicing social distancing. um, And those that are able to work remotely, we are, we're definitely supporting that. Um, as far as what's going on in the vineyards, you know, nature still is moving forward. Um, nature does not know that, you know, the coronavirus has, has basically taken over the world. Uh, most vineyards have had bud break one to two years, sorry, one to two weeks earlier than normal due to the warmer weather. And, you know, in the central Valley, you know, nature is, um, is continuing its chorus and, uh, everything looks beautiful and healthy this time of year. It really is crazy to think about that, that in in all of us really being completely overwhelmed and consumed by COVID-19, that, yeah, nature's still just doing its thing <laughs> and, it, and it, doesn't it, know at all that that's happening. No, it's truly amazing. And it's interesting to say the least, but it's something that we I think we can all pause and reflect on. So just to sort of, you know, wrap this up here, uh, in terms of, you know, your outlook for the future, sort of what, do you, what do you sort of see as sort of the things that will come out of this in the positive? I think we've, we've touched on some, right? That I think some behaviors will change. Hopefully that will mean people, um, you know, consuming wine with dinner at home, thinking about it, you know, being more reflective when they think about the things they're buying, et cetera. But um, are there any other things that you're sort of telling your team uh, as a way to put this in perspective is like, yes, this is, this is definitely difficult now, but here are some things we really think will be really wonderful that will come out of this at the end of all of it. 
So, you know, I, I will tell you what I've seen. I'm, I'm very optimistic for, you know, a couple, a couple things. Um, first and foremost, what has inspired me, and I hope that this continues, is that during times of um, uncertainty or trauma, it's amazing to see how our organization and organizations around us have stepped up to help our communities. And I hope that that still continues. You know, in our organization, um, we we pivoted and we began to produce hand sanitizers for our frontline employees as well as our local communities. And the sense, and by the way, the hand sanitizer was made by employee volunteers who came in and started to produce it. And when asked, why did you come in? Everyone just really wanted to help their local community. And I hope that that continues. You know, I think that every day in the news, we see how individuals, companies, organizations are stepping up and recognizing that we're a part of a larger community and that we all need to help. So I think that I hope continues and I'm very optimistic about that. The second thing that I hope continues within our organization is that I've always fundamentally believed that the DNA of our company has um, has been about um, embracing an entrepreneurial spirit. And let me tell you, over the last three weeks, I have been blown away by how we have collaborated, how we have pivoted, how we've embraced new ways of working, how we've embraced new business models, how we've been embracing new ways to work and um, and reach our consumers. I hope that that continues and I'm optimistic that it will. And um, we're trying new things. Some work, some don't, but we're pivoting. And that is extremely energizing. And then finally, um, you know, what I what I hope happens is that, you know, I fundamentally believe that that the beauty of the alcohol beverage industry is that um, people connect over over a great glass of wine, over a great bottle of wine, over a great cocktail. And I hope that people are using this time to remember <laughs> um, the role that alcohol beverage plays um, in, in bringing people together. So that's what I'm optimistic about. Well, I mean, that's a perfect way to end it because I think <laughs> that's, that's what something that we can all be very optimistic about, that everyone remembers that this is you know, a beverage that brings people together. Hopefully, even now when you're sheltering in place, it's a beverage that's bringing you together with those that you're sheltering in place with. Um, and it's something that, you know, we'll remember. And when we're finally out of this, we return to all the great bars and restaurants and the beaches and the parks and all those places to get together with all the people that we love. Um, that's, I think that's the best and, that all of us can hope for. And look, we, we know this, you guys have talked about this on Vine Pair. People are connecting virtually over alcohol beverages, yeah. whether it's a virtual happy hour or a virtual brunch, and they're using, you know, wine or spirits or or cocktails to connect. So um, I think that it's reminding people the power of what we do as an industry. Very much. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are incredibly busy, so I am very honored that you took the 15 minutes with me here today. Um, and, you know, I can't wait to see what continues to happen with Gallo as all this evolves. Adam, thank you. And on behalf of the NJ Gallo Winery and the Gallo family, we wanted to wish you and all the fine folks at uh, Vine Pair all the best. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. 
Brian Bear is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Erica Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the VinePair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.